Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Is it enough for a Latter-day Saint to merely practice perfection? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. There is an article in the February 2022 edition of the Liahona Magazine. It was written by Primary General President Camille N. Johnson. Now, Eric, I assume there's no relationship to you. There's a few of us out there, but I don't think that she is anybody related to me. Okay. Well, she wrote an article titled Practicing Perfection. And as I said, it's in the February 2022 edition of the Liahona, but it's also in the center section. And we've talked about this before. The center section of the Liahona magazine is reserved for articles that are distributed in this magazine only to members or subscribers, we should say, who live in the United States and Canada. And of course, the question we ask is, why is it only going to people in the United States and Canada? Wouldn't you think, if this is really an important article, that perhaps a Latter-day Saint living in Africa should know what it has to say? Or South America, shouldn't they know what it has to say? Let's say Australia, shouldn't they know what Camille Johnson has to say? So we're a little bit confused as to why this is limited only to subscribers in Canada and the United States. But she is a lawyer. She admits that in the opening lines when she says, For the last 30-plus years, I have been practicing law. And she's going to use that word practice throughout this article as if, and this is the way I took it, as if as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, you don't really have to be perfect at what you're doing. And she's giving the impression that because she's practicing law, she admits, as we go on in this article, that she doesn't do everything perfect, or could we assume, to the letter. And when you're practicing law, there's supposed to be a lot of precision in this. So I guess what we're trying to say here is we have an article here written by an attorney and if you know anything about attorneys, they're usually pretty good at equivocation. They will use words and they will define them differently as they see fit or as they need. Now, that's not supposed to cast aspersions on Camille Johnson, but they do do that. And I think we do have a case here because this word perfection becomes problematic, and we need to have a working definition of what this word perfection means if we're going to be able to communicate or at least try to understand what Camille Johnson is wanting to get across. Now, if you look up the word perfection, you're going to find there are a number of different definitions for this. Let me cite you from the Merriam-Webster Dictionary, 
where it says it is the quality or state of being perfect. Now, personally, Eric, I hate definitions like that because you're defining a word with a word that needs to be defined. (laughs) It doesn't really help me. But then it says freedom from fault or defect, flawlessness. Now, that word really comes to the surface because it was Brad Wilcox in a conference message in 2021 that said that you don't have to be flawless. I thought his reasoning was flawed, but that was the argument he was trying to make. Then it says maturity. It says the quality or state of being saintly. Then we have an exemplification of supreme excellence. Another example is an unsurpassable degree of accuracy or excellence. And then the last one is the act or process of perfecting, which of course I don't like that one because it uses a word that we're trying to define in the first place. Then we also have this from the Cambridge Dictionary. It says the state of being complete and correct in every way. And it uses a statement. This is one thing that the Cambridge website does. They will use examples of how this word is used. And one of the examples is from the Huffington Post. If you're striving for perfection, it says, or close to it, the last thing you want to do is miss a payment or pay late. Now, I think all of us who have ever taken out a loan know exactly what that means. You're looking for a credit score that's as high as possible. If you don't have a high credit score, you could be penalized for that and probably pay a higher interest rate. So when it says if you're striving for perfection, the last thing you want to do is miss a payment or pay late. Why? Because if you do, they're going to take note of that on your credit score, and it could be on your credit score for a number of years. So then the question becomes, if we're going to look at this in a spiritual way, what if we die before that ding in our credit score is finally lifted? And I think that's a fair question when we're looking at the subject of Mormonism. But let's dive into what Camille Johnson has to say in the first section of her article, Practicing Perfection. It can be found on page U2 in the February 2022 edition of Liahona. She writes, For the last 30-plus years I have been practicing law. I think there is a reason they refer to it as the practice of law. I have never taken a perfect deposition nor conducted a perfect cross-examination. There was always another question or a better question I could have asked. I have never written a perfect brief because, in retrospect, there was always a point I could have articulated with more clarity. And I never presented a perfect oral argument before a judge or justices. Almost always in the middle of the night, after the argument, I thought of something really clever and persuasive I could have said. But I believe the service I provided to my clients was not only satisfactory, but also of value. I was practicing law with an eye toward changing, improving, and perfecting. My efforts, though imperfect, were sufficient because I was practicing. And there's the key, and I think this is where she plays her hand. I am practicing. I am doing my best. I'm trying to do my best. But she admits that in the process of doing that, she is coming short. Now, first of all, this word practicing, we were discussing this as we were prepping for the show today, Eric. And this is a word that you often hear among 
those that are in the professional realm of employment, like attorneys, which Camille Johnson says she is one, but we also find it in the realm of medicine. I practice medicine. It's not usually a word that we find attributed to other service jobs, for instance. Uh, And to give you an example, when I was married several years ago, I was in the employment of a contractor. We were building houses. I wouldn't say that I'm practicing construction. That's just not a phrase you use. But we were held to a very high standard. In other words, when we got to a certain point in the construction of this particular house, an inspector would come out and make sure that we did everything according to code. If it was not according to the code, we had to either start over or just rip out that section and do it again. In other words, it would not pass inspection until it was done right. Did an inspector ever ask you, did you put your full effort into this? Did you do your very best? How hard did you try? Were those questions that you ever got asked, Bill? Never were we asked those questions. And quite honestly, Eric, I don't think they would have cared. All they cared about was that we met a certain standard, which in this case is the building code. Now, here's where I start to have problems with what Camille Johnson is trying to get across here. Let's not forget that it was D. Todd Christofferson, a Mormon apostle, who gave a talk called The Love of God in the October General Conference in 2021. You can find this in the November issue of the Leahona magazine, starting on page 16. He uses this analogy. He says, Because God's love is all-embracing, some speak of it as unconditional, and in their minds they may project that thought to mean that God's blessings are unconditional or that salvation is unconditional. They are not, he says. And then he goes on to say that some are wont to say, the Savior loves me just as I am, and that is certainly true. But he cannot take any of us into the kingdom just as we are, for no unclean thing can dwell there or dwell in his presence. Our sins must first be resolved. Then he cites Unibly, a BYU professor. The slightest taint of corruption means that the other world would be neither incorruptible nor eternal. The tiniest flaw in a building, and this is the illustration that I am giving, institution, code, or character will inevitably prove fatal in the long run of eternity. And then Christofferson says this, The commandments of God are strict because his kingdom and its citizens can stand only if they consistently reject evil and choose good without exception. And there's a footnote there, footnote 10. And guess what footnote 10 refers to? Doctrine and Covenants, section 1, verse 31, which reads in the Doctrine and Covenants that God cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. So here's where I find a contradiction. We have D. Todd Christofferson sounding like you better do exactly what you're supposed to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to have this tiny flaw in your building, your institution, your code or character that will inevitably prove fatal in the long run of eternity. 
But then we read this article by Camille Johnson, which already in the first section gives us the impression that, well, that kind of perfection isn't really needed. What is a Latter-day Saint supposed to believe? The Bible quite simply says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. So that is the predicament that we are in as people, as human beings, that we have the sin factor. Everybody has individual sin at the very least. How do we get over this problem? And that's what we're, we're trying to answer as far as human beings. Uh, Mormons have one way, and biblical Christians have another. And on this subject of perfection, Mormon leaders have been all over the theological map, and I think we need to look into that. What have LDS leaders said about perfection, or what is expected of LDS members when it comes to the subject of perfection, and are they in harmony with each other? Because we would argue, no, they're not. And Camille Johnson is certainly taking a side. I don't think she's taking the side of a lot of her leaders, though I would argue she's probably taking the side of 17th President Russell M. Nelson, at least to a certain extent, although, quite honestly, Russell M. Nelson can at times be confusing. But in tomorrow's show, we're going to look at what LDS leaders have said about this in light of what Camille Johnson is trying to say to us in her article, Practicing Perfection. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.